Hello, this is Lalu Davies Yamitin, and you're listening to My Brother Podcast. My guest today is Bruce Johnson, who is a global senior director at the Lubrizol Corporation, or Berkshire Hathaway Company. Bruce, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, first of all, let me ask, how are you doing? Doing well, considering, uh, you know, the COVID crisis that... Uh, that's really impacted and influenced uh, this entire globe. So uh, doing well. Good, good. Glad to hear that. And Bruce, it's just, it's wonderful to see you, first of all. Uh, and two, you know, uh, I'm just delighted that uh, what started out as sort of a, um, a conversation that I had ongoing with myself uh, for some time sort of crystallized while you and I sat together at a table uh, at the lake house uh, just last year. I mean, look, less than a year ago. And so it's just wonderful to have you on here uh, on the My Brother podcast. You know, the idea behind the podcast is, uh, you know, you really describe your passion for wanting to help mentor and really make a difference, uh, particularly for the African-American community and you know it's incredible what journey you've gone through with your promotion over the last year and i think it really just speaks to what uh we discussed that day about this vision of really uh you know doing our parts to make a difference to to uh, engage in knowledge transfer in hopes of really helping uplifting the generations that have come uh, to come behind us our contemporaries and really just trying to spread uh, this message of opportunity and possibility uh, to a broader range of people. So uh, that said, I want to say one, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for being a part of this journey. Uh, and I'm just delighted to have you here. So I'm going to get right into it, uh, Bruce. I, I want you to just take a moment and tell us about Bruce Johnson. Who are you and, and what makes Bruce, uh, who, you know, this, who I consider one of the most remarkable human beings that you'd ever meet, so why don't you tell us a little bit about who Bruce Johnson is? Well, first of all, uh, Lou, I, I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to sit here and and, uh, and see your vision come to fruition. A little bit about me. Uh, my name is Bruce Johnson. Um, I'm a husband to my beautiful wife, uh, Dr. Melanie Johnson. Uh, I'm a father to two beautiful sons. Um, Austin Johnson, that's a, a graduate of uh, St. John's University out of New York City, uh, currently residing here in, in Houston, Texas, gainfully employed, very proud of him. And um, father to my, my youngest son, Cameron Johnson, a student athlete at the University of North Texas. Also a brother. Uh, I have a younger brother that um, finished from Tuskegee University uh, after me also uh, a member of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. And uh, I'm a son of uh, two beautiful parents. My parents are still living um, in Dothan, Alabama. And uh, I'm, a proud, I'm proud to be from Alabama, currently reside here in Houston, Texas. So that, that's a little bit about, uh, about Bruce Johnson. 
wonderful, Bruce, and thanks so much for sharing about uh, about the family. So tell, I want you to talk to me a little bit about your upbringing. You mentioned Do Dothan, Alabama, I think. Is Alabama. I I'm still waiting out on that invite. I know I was supposed to make Tuskegee with you last year uh, when you had that awesome Hall of Fame uh, uh, honor bestowed upon you for the Tuskegee Athletic Hall of Fame. But I'm still looking forward to that trip to Alabama. But tell, tell, tell me a bit about your upbringing. Um, um, I'm from, uh, as I mentioned, Dothan, Alabama, um, proudly known as the Wiregrass area in uh, Southeast Alabama. I always, uh, you know, let folks know when they ask me, Hey, Bruce, where are you from? I always say LA, oh, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, Dothan is a, a region, um, uh, in the Southeast Alabama, uh, two hours South of, uh, Montgomery, Alabama and uh to the the west of uh dothan is uh mobile and to the south about to, to the south of my hometown we actually border uh, i'm probably 15 20 minutes from the border of georgia and florida so uh 70 miles uh north of panama city florida so uh, a small town probably in that if you if you were to you know think of population Probably at seventy-five thousand to a hundred thousand uh, uh, persons population. Mm. Sounds like a large place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bruce, what, what, um, you know, obviously you grew up in Alabama. What was the transition from sort of your formative years, like through your teenage years, and then ultimately going to college? Can you share a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, my, my I grew up in a household with uh, two educators. Uh, both of my, my parents are HBCU graduates. Um, so I, I grew up in a strict household. Uh, education was what uh, was number one. And, um, you know, with that kind of having that type of background and being, you know, strict on, on, on me, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up, I actually grew up being teased a lot. Uh, I cried many many days on on the buses because uh, you know my my, my friends would, would tease me and uh, hey th this kid is crying because he made a C on a paper <laughs> you know uh, I, he made an A in the class but he's crying because he made a B or C and you know I was it was it was tough in my household mm. so you know growing up with that kind of a uh, background uh, you know my, my my father was a high school coach, my mother was a, uh, a teacher in the classroom, and, and as they grew professionally, uh, my father became, uh, at the end of his retirement years, became a high school principal. My mother actually became a, a guidance counselor. So that transition was uh, uh, me being in the classroom and having my teachers know that my parents were educators. Um, it, was, it was pretty tough because I knew the only thing the teacher had to do is like, I'm going to tell mom and dad. And I, I knew that uh, I just didn't want to go there. So, uh, um, hey, th th those were those were tough and strict, but uh, I'm, I'm better off, better off for it. Um, you know, I was also, because my father was uh, involved in sports, you know, at a young age, I became interested and, and they nurtured me and coached me. Uh, during my younger years in, in sports, and I became, uh, you know, more and more interested. And, uh, you know, as I got older, um, I started uh, getting more competitive. There was a lot of peer pressure. 
uh, when I was growing up. If you if you did play sports in my neighborhood, you're probably going to get picked on. So uh, mm. so that was a that was a bit of a you know transformation there to really you know spend time getting you know getting good at at uh, I was already the demands were already on me in the classroom. Right. So I started uh, you know you know getting better, putting in the time to get better, and and. Uh, you know, that moved from, you know, elementary school to middle school and then the high school is really when, uh, you know, I had some experiences and, and camps and, and all types of, uh, you know, basketball camps, football camps early in my development. And uh, I really started focusing in on, uh, on, uh, on football. And, uh, you know, later on, I uh, was able to uh, be blessed enough to get a, a, a scholarship at Tuskegee University. Yeah, so you played football uh, throughout your collegiate career at Tuskegee. You were a student athlete. How did you juggle that? And then ultimately, you were juggling football while earning, I believe, a technical degree. So what, yeah. was, that, uh, what was that segment of the journey like? Um, I tell you what, uh, you know, Balu, during my recruitment, there are many uh, Division One schools that recruited me, and uh, the mission of me becoming an engineer uh, at a Division One school, um, they would always push me away from that. Hey, uh, son, I, I, we, you're not going to have time. You know, engineering is going to interfere with practice. So uh, that kind of really shaped the direction that I wanted to go in. Tuskegee University gave uh, me uh, an opportunity. Yeah. Um, they made a commitment to myself and, and the family to really uh, give me the opportunity to be an engineer, to be a true student athlete. So I, I, I know many of days that uh, I had late laps. Uh, my head coach understood that uh, Bruce Johnson was a was an engineering major and uh, he supported me. Uh, of course, I still had to perform on, on the field, uh, but uh, it was quite an experience. A lot of sleepless nights because I was the only engineering major on the team at the time. That's uh, that that's incredible, and you know, it's your testament to you know, in a sense, you can, you know, have it all. You can be a good athlete and a good student, but it's a different level of commitment that it requires. And I'm sure it was a, a certain level of discipline that it sounds like had been cultivated in you early on uh, that carried you through your collegiate career. And I'm assuming some of that transition into your career. So let's talk a bit about after college, what happens next? Yeah, so uh, uh, after college, I uh, my, my first uh, job was with uh, EI DuPont. Uh, at the time, DuPont was uh, the largest chemical company in the world. Uh, so having the opportunity to start with uh, such a prestigious company, I also, um, I started in Wilmington, North Carolina and the facility was one of their flagship facilities. So having the opportunity to work for DuPont One and work at a flagship uh, facility was absolutely incredible, an incredible experience. And coming in as a, um, uh, a young African-American professional, 
uh, into a very large uh, facility. I had a lot, a lot of uh, mentors um, that uh, that really reached out to me at a very young age, uh, shaped, uh, let me know where landmines uh, professionally were, and helped me navigate uh, around those landmines. So, uh, incredible experience coming, you know, from Tuskegee. Now, I can tell you that Tuskegee, going to the HBCU, um, it was well known for in our classrooms with our professors uh, to let you know, hey, listen, you're going to have to step up. Okay, this is what you're going to be faced with uh, when you go into the, the corporate world and you're, you expect it, okay, to operate at a very high level. So that, that sense of pride coming from Tuskegee really helped me uh, make the adjustment uh, rather quickly and coming into a very large company uh, like uh, like DuPont. So we've talked about your upbringing, your collegiate career, your early business and professional career. Can we dive a little deeper? What you had to have dealt with some obstacles along the way, which we all encounter. What were some of those in sort of that early phase of your life that you're uh, willing to share? And what were the lessons you learned from them? Sure. Um, you know, some of some of those early, you know, lessons and uh, obstacles were uh, denial, denial of opportunities. Um, you know, it was uh, common uh, to have opportunities, uh, colleagues that really didn't you know, want to see you develop. Uh, but I was always a, a person I, I didn't put myself in a silo always make sure that I could, you know, expand and grow myself. So uh, many times when those opportunities, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I finished with a BS in electrical engineering and, you know, in a chemical manufacturing industry that can become, you can become like a, an anomaly. Mm -hmm. a, um, you know, this, these are chemical engineers and, um, you know, they're, they're the big guys on, on the block. But, um, you know, what I learned is the, the once you finish college, um, your learning doesn't stop because you have a degree in a, a certain discipline. So I, I took it upon myself to, um, to learn chemistry, to learn fundamental principles, to learn uh, mechanical engineering principles, to learn civil engineering principles. I, I really you know, stretch my mind not to be in that vertical silo and, and go horizontal, you know, horizontally uh, to, uh, you know, give myself the exposure uh, that I needed to, to compete. Mm -hmm. And so you work for DuPont uh, as the, at the beginning of your career. Mm -hmm. What were the transitions? I mean, what got you all the way to where you are now in your position uh, with Lubrizol, which is, you know, definitely one of the top uh, chemical companies in the world. Well, you know, every experience um, is a building. You know, my, my career at, at DuPont, I was able to uh, work at a very large facility, a lot of resources to help me develop as a young engineer, providing me a lot of exposure uh, to different things, uh, engineering, uh, maintenance act activities, project management activities, uh, production activities. So 
uh, having that exposure, uh, I would say, was uh, was building blocks. And uh, I'll share a story with you. Um, as a young engineer, I had a uh, DuPont's corporate headquarters. I I, I uh, worked in Wilmington, North Carolina, but DuPont's corporate headquarters was Wil was in Wilmington, Delaware. We had a major capital project, uh, probably thirty forty million dollar project, and uh, we had a a very seasoned uh, veteran engineer uh, that provided me with a lot of exposure. And one day he sat me down and he says, hey, Bruce, hey, I would like to talk to you. He said, hey, I see a lot of potential in you. And um, hey, let, let's have this discussion. He closed the door, actually put a piece of paper on, on the, uh, the glass window on the door. Mm. And he drew, he drew an XY, an XY plot. And he says, hey, Bruce, this is where you are now. Okay, and you know, your compensation is gonna rise, but at some point, it's gonna slow down. He said, that some point typically turns out to be every five years. So the advice that I would give you, even if you're happy in your professional development and doing your entire career, always see what you're, you're worth in the marketplace. So every five years, every five years, check Check what what is your your, your true value, and uh, what you want to do is is you want to make step ladder changes, okay? You want to make step ladder changes, and um, that turned out to be uh, great advice uh, that uh, I brought with me, you know, up until up until this day. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So I you know i wanted to talk about mentorship down the line but i think this is a good time for us to segue into that okay. uh, you know you you talk about someone who took an interest in you and so and and obviously when we talk about mentorship there's a difference between mentorship and someone actually being a sponsor so you could have a mentor and then you could have someone who's a sponsor i want you to sort of you know talk about what you think are are the key important factors about a mentor versus a sponsor, then I want you to kind of perhaps start out by explaining what created the relationship between you and the individual that you just referenced uh, a, a few moments ago. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think you, you, you know, in my career, uh, having mentors and sponsors is a combination of, of both. Um, you know, having having those mentor, mentors or folks that uh, uh, one for me uh, that I really respected from a professional perspective, someone that I can trust, um, and someone that I knew had a would, would take an interest in, in helping develop me. So uh, you know, at Dupont and along my entire career, I've always had. Uh, someone to take that type of interest. Now, a sponsor is someone that you're working with um, to help you develop that long-term roadmap, uh, and they can also influence that roadmap. Yeah. So, so, uh, so it's it's a little bit different. That the mentorship is helping you navigate, you know, through through uh, through your journey, through your career journey, but the, the sponsor, and I've had some great sponsors in my uh, uh, some great sponsors during my career that have actually uh, positioned me 
uh, of course, I had to to work and, and earn, earn those opportunities. But it's nothing like having someone put you in the in a position to succeed and uh, watch you watch you grow at at the same time. So, I think uh, it, it's you know doing a career journey, having mentors and sponsors. You, you really need to have both. Yeah. Well, so what would you, in your opinion, uh, what would you describe as sort of the key? important factors in cultivating those types of mentorship and sponsorship relationships? I mean, beyond just the showing up and working hard every day. You know, for, for me, I, I developed uh, personal relationships with pretty much all of my mentors and, and sponsors. So, uh, you know, stretch yourself to build relationships. You know, there's a I had the opportunity to uh, work in China. There's a, a, a word that, that comes to mind. It's called guanxi. Uh, guanxi means uh, is about relationship building. You, you can't do any business in China uh, and in Asia, in the Asian culture, without having uh, building relate having built relationships. So um, th that was that was some of the success factors for for me is. Uh, pushing myself to go outside of work sometimes, you know. Uh, hey, let's 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 do lunch, or uh, hey, uh, uh, what about playing golf? Or uh, you know, just stretch yourself to to get let give that person an opportunity to know you, know you better, and you to know them better, and and just build that relationship long long term. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very important points. I mean, that's one of the things that I can definitely. Uh, you know, ascertain that has made a difference in my professional development has been really the ability to build relationships and stretch, you know, to your point by stretching yourself, being willing to try different foods, being willing to, you know, embrace other cultures, go play golf, even if you're a terrible golf player. <laughs> Those types of things are, are, are essential. And, you know, golf is still very much a currency of exchange in business. And, uh, and so, uh, heck, I'm I'm a cyclist, and so I I tell folks all the time, cycling is increasingly like golf because, similar to golf, it gives you this you know window of time with people, you know, and it could be a two to three hour bike ride, that's you know for the most part uninterrupted. Unlike golf, you don't have to be quiet while you know they hit their shot. You can just kind of keep flowing, <laughs> watching traffic along the way. So yeah. so so, you know. And I get it. You've described the importance of grit and working hard and being committed and building relationships. At some point, I think for most people in their career, you sort of have a moment where uh, you get this inkling that, you know what, I've been putting in the work. And as you know, you can work hard and work, you know, hard work isn't the, the sole currency of success. Uh, some of it is timing, opportunity, as you said, stretching yourself being prepared expanding your horizon mm -hmm. uh but i think there's this inflection point where you feel like you know what i think i might be on my way you know it's one thing to know that innately you have the ability and the drive and full self-confidence and belief that you can do it but i think for a lot of people there's that moment where you actually have this you know reflection of okay maybe I can climb, maybe I can move to that next level that can set me on this trajectory. When was that point for you? And, and what was that 
like and and how did you know you reaching that point help shape how you um sort of guided your career from that point going forward sure um i, I think you know one of the the first uh moments that i felt like hey uh, i feel like uh, i'm on my way to uh evolve into a, a leader and uh, take this management journey that I've taken for the last 30 years was my, my first uh, role as a uh, as a production superintendent. And uh, as a production superintendent, the, your accountability is for the safety uh, of the employees uh, for that unit. Um, of course, is to uh, manufacture products and, and sell as much as, as you can, but you know, one of those moments was when you see folks want to follow you because you're a good leader. Um, that that's when you know that feeling uh, came to me. Hey, you know, folks actually want to to follow follow my my lead. Now, you know, with that is a lot of accountability and responsibility. So if you have folks following, you need to you know. Be a good role model for them. You need to do the right things. Uh, show the support uh, to to your team. But uh, those are some of my my uh, my my early aha moments. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was on on, on track when when you had uh, you know folks willing to to take your ideas uh, and run with them and 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 see that they were successful. Uh, and to you know to follow to follow your lead. So uh, that that those are some of my my uh, my early moments of when I felt like comfortable. Hey, you know, I can do this. I can really do this. Yeah. And as a you know being a corporate professional, was there a particular promotion that you got that you you know that similarly made you feel like oh, wow, this this is significant. Uh, what was that role, or, or or how did that transpire? Well, uh, I'll uh, I'll share a story. You know, uh, my first five years were were spent uh, in uh, with Dupont. I uh, actually transferred from Wilmington, North Carolina, to to Houston, Texas, where I reside now. And uh, uh, once I got to Houston, um, a very special opportunity came up where uh, one of the assets. That uh, that Dupont uh, held in the Houston area, brand new plant actually, hundred million dollar plant at the time, um, didn't work. Okay, uh, it 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 failed, and uh, Dupont put the asset on the market, uh, and and uh, it, it it was acquired by uh, a Japanese uh, company. Uh, Mitsubishi Chemical and uh, Nippon Gosei at the time uh, as a JV. And during that time I was with DuPont, I was offered an opportunity. Actually, it was my it was really strange and awkward for me uh, for my boss to come to me and say, hey, listen, Bruce, uh, another company wants to talk with you. Wow, my boss from DuPont is coming to me to ask me, was I interested in talking with another company? Hmm. And, you know, that that's an awkward feeling, but I, I tell you, uh, when I look back at it now, 
uh, I did make the decision uh, to leave. Um, <laughs> it was a very significant uh, change as a lifestyle change for my, my wife and I it was just my wife and I at, at, at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, huge, huge change for me. But that was a, a, a huge a step change for me. I, I became a, a, an engineering technical manager uh, at, at the facility, a much greater uh, role, had the opportunity to um, go to Japan and uh, learn the technology that uh, DuPont's technology didn't work. Uh, during that four month, uh, four month uh, trek to, to Japan, um, we were welcomed with the now infamous Kobe earthquake. Okay, so in nineteen in nineteen ninety five, um, there was a Kobe earthquake um, that was a huge earthquake on the Richter scale. I think, I think it may have been six to seven thousand uh, people died that day. I was in the middle of it, but. Having that opportunity at, at Noltex from going from a production superintendent to a much larger role and having a huge impact and seeing seeing a, a manufacturing asset that didn't work and develop it into something that did work was absolutely to, uh, to learn uh, from a new culture, to learn a, a new language uh, was just an incredible experience for me. Yeah, definitely sounds like it. So, Bruce, from that point, it, what, what between now taking this new position and becoming a uh, plant manager for Lubrizol, what was that uh, that next phase of your career like? So, uh, you know, in between before, even prior to becoming a plant manager at, at Lubrizol, I had a really great opportunity. Uh, Actually, one of my sponsors, I call him, I really respect the guy. Uh, he's vice president, uh, former vice president, retired now, doing well in Austin, Texas. Um, he presented an opportunity for me to go to, uh, to China. And in China, I, was, uh, I led um, what was at the time the largest uh, grassroots investment in the history of Lubrizol Corporation. Uh, 9,000 miles away from home, uh, but a very challenging opportunity um, at this current date. Uh, the, the, that facility was started up in 2013, uh, very successful, uh, making uh, quality products, uh, impacting the community in the form of jobs to employees, uh, an impeccable safety record. Uh, so that really positioned me uh, and, you know, I, I made mention of stretching yourself and, and giving yourself exposure. So uh, I had to go 9,000 miles away from my, from the family to position myself for that opportunity, for that plant manager opportunity. So it turned out to uh, be a win-win uh, for me. Uh, I came back to Texas after China and uh, became a plant manager, a really incredible role. Uh, having the ability to 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 shape a culture, yeah. and uh, have employees uh, work with you to a common goal, uh, setting a vision, 
uh, to position the Lubrizol Corporation and uh, to be uh, in a stronger position for for the future. So I took that job very seriously because uh, I felt like today, the decisions that I made today would impact the future. Okay, so anything that I did today, any decisions that I made today, they were carefully thought out uh, to make sure that I wanted to make sure that the employees uh, there and new employees had opportunities for growth. So the plant manager opportunity was an incredible opportunity for me. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal, Bruce. I mean, to stretch yourself, you talk about stretching yourself, nine thousand miles wide, uh, in pursuing you know what you laid out as as career objectives. Uh, also, in stretching yourself, you uh, made a, a reference to having to be apart from your family, and I know that had to be uh, difficult uh, on on the entire family. Uh, to that end, I want to talk a bit about the family structure. What's been the importance of, uh, you know, your spouse and your family unit um, in, in in really supporting and driving your uh, career and professional success? Well, I, I can tell you, uh, Lalu, uh, my beautiful wife has, has been very supportive. We've been supportive of one another. It's no, it's impossible uh, for me to sit here and and, uh, and say that um, you know she hasn't uh, been impactful in my life, in my professional life, in my personal life. Uh, to have someone uh, there to support you uh, during the ups and the downs, during the tough times, okay, um, is is just is just something that, that, that that's needed. At least I, I needed it. Um, and uh, that proved to be, uh, a, a, she gave me a platform to, to succeed. Hey, listen, uh, you know, before I went to China, that was that we had a discussion. Hey, listen, um, the kids are in school. You know, at the time, uh, my oldest son was in a dual credit high school. Uh, we didn't want him to lose any uh, credits by uh, transferring. Plus, it was a, that, would, that would be a very difficult, the, the, the Guangdong, uh, area that I was in uh, was uh, very little English spoken, so that would, would that would have been a huge transition. So we just made the decision um, that uh, I go. It worked out, uh, thank goodness, and uh, I'm thankful for the Lubrizol Corporation for supporting me and uh, allowing my family to travel very frequently mm -hmm. to China. It worked out to be pretty much every three months over a four-year period. Either I was coming home or they were coming to see me. So, uh, you know, everybody benefited uh, from it. My my oldest son, even today, he's uh, he's fluent in Mandarin. Uh, I can speak conversational uh, uh, Mandarin. Uh, but uh, uh, it turned out for the whole family is a great exposure opportunity for all of us. We got a chance to travel together in that region um you know i i, I recall uh, my wife and i uh you know going to japan uh, we've been to the philippines uh we've been to thailand uh we, we've been we've been everywhere macau so uh the, the family it was a great family experience uh and having them support be supportive of me 
uh, knowing that uh, I was going to be away. I, I couldn't help in household things at the time. Uh, I know that was a challenge uh, for my wife, but uh, I really appreciate the support that she's given me, uh, you know, over over our marriage. Without question. And I didn't want to brag on my linguistic skills, so I'll just say ni hao. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, but, but, you know, I often will share with people that um, success in life uh, really, uh, it's about understanding that life is a series of ups and downs. It's the same thing with your career, personal life, so on and so forth. Um, and too often, uh, we hear more about moments of success, but very little is said about sort of those 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 valleys. You know, we hear about the peaks, but very little about those valleys. Uh, are there some low moments that uh, you think it might be helpful for uh, the audience to understand about your your journey and and in those moments, what kept you in the game? Um, sure. You know, um, I, I can recall a, a, a time, uh, an example where um, I was uh, providing process engineering uh, help uh, at, at DuPont, and uh, there was a, a shutdown. So a shutdown is an outage where the, the plant is completely down. You know, you're making improvements. You're putting in new technology. And at the time, um, I had probably 15 projects on one shutdown, which I thought was uh, was a lot. And um, I thought that by having that type of volume of work that I would be rewarded. And uh, I wasn't rewarded for, for, for that amount of work. And this taught me that, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, at, at that time, I probably wasn't the best uh, relationship builder at, at that time. And it's not just about the, the, the work that you do. It's about uh, establishing those relationships. So, uh, you know, that was a hard lesson for me that, uh, you know, I really need to be more engaged uh, with, with uh, the leadership team. It wasn't just about, uh, you know, the amount of the quality of, of, of work, but establishing those, uh, those relationships. So that to this day, that's, uh, that's been a, a huge for me to uh, really uh, build those relationships. Right. Excellent. Um, you know, it, it's always interesting for me, and I'm so glad we're doing this because you get to learn so much more about uh, someone as, as I get to examine sort of your life's uh, journey despite our personal friendship. Uh, what advice would you give to a younger version of Bruce? Uh, Knowing all that you experienced, like if you could go back, you know, we always say if I could turn back the hands of time, here's what I might have told a younger version of myself about what was ahead and what, you know, how to navigate. If, if I could uh, go back in time and, uh, you know, um, share some of those experiences, one is uh, be a little bit more patient. Uh, you know, 
at, at a younger age, and I mean, with the millennials now, you know, they want to be the CEO after a couple of months. <laughs> so, uh, you know, being being a little, having a little bit more uh, of patience, um, laying out that, uh, being more strategic on uh, what I wanted to do. You know, at at the time, you know, early on. I, I didn't really have an, an idea, a clear idea, until I actually started saying, "Hey, you know, in order to in order to be a, a plant manager or even a project manager, you know, you need to be strategic and say, okay, your goal may be Z, but you may go to D, back to B, back to M." before you ever get to Z. So having that strategic, having a more uh, strategic perspective on what the end goal is, okay, and being more purposeful and being more, ta uh, uh, being more uh, uh, tactical, being more tactical on, uh, on those exposure opportunities to help you get to your end goal. Uh, th those are those are things that uh, if, if I could turn back the clock and uh, give myself <laughs> that knowledge and know how that's what uh, those are some things that I would do differently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all have those those things. And I think, you know, very poignant uh, recommendations or observations that you make about things that uh, you could have done differently. Um, and, and then, you know, there's always the big picture of, you know, I think about you know, this fork in the road that, you know, a lot of us come to at, at different points, you know, and I'm no exception, uh, where you take a decision and in the moment, uh, there's really no foresight of what the impact of that decision might be, i.e. someone like myself pledging Kappa versus you pledging Sigma. You know, some of us only get to make the right decision once. Um, I obviously took the right one. I know you might argue that that you took the right decision, but are there some of those decisions that you might add on to what you just shared about, you know, if there's anything that just comes to mind? Uh, well, I do know that, uh, you know, I did make the right decision, uh, Lalu. <laughs> you know that 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 was a legacy, you know, a legacy uh, decision for for me with, with yeah. my father. Um, I'm just trying to think of, of other other things that that, uh, that 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 come that come to mind. That you know, if I could if I could turn back that clock, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, some of the things that I would turn back the clock is. Uh, to have listened to my parents. Mm. Okay. Many of the things that they were trying to instill in me and that they vocalized with me, uh, it's a difference between hearing and listening. I heard them, but I really didn't listen. Mm. And as I got as I get older and even now, it's really strange, you know, you hear their voices more and more now, and I wish that uh, some of those, some of those things that I had to uh, fail miserably at and learn from, 
that uh, I probably could have uh, avoided. Yeah. Just listen, listen uh, uh, carefully instead of, uh, you know, hearing and then, you know, one coming in one ear and out the other. Yeah. There's a difference between hearing and listening. I like that. I like that. So let's look out to the future. You know, we've reflected sufficiently. And thanks for being so candid and sharing about uh, your past experiences. And, um, and that's important. Again, that's the whole um, idea behind knowledge exchange. And so a lot of times we don't get to really share with people some of the real truths or our truths uh, as we experience them. But looking out on the horizon sort of what's next for you what do you see as your long-term big picture you know right now i'm having so much fun in my uh in my current role uh, i get to i get to help uh facilities succeed so uh for me it's, it's actually uh a big thing you know as a plant manager it's a huge role but you're impacting one facility Okay, and now having a global opportunity, uh, listening to uh, the plant managers or the directors or the VPs uh, uh, needs to uh, grow our company, to grow revenue, uh, to reduce risk. Uh, I'm having a, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm in this digital uh, transformation uh, role now. And it's so exciting. It's it's changing from week to week, from month to month, and uh, so I, you know, I, I see myself. You know, uh, I'm in a different time and stage of, of my life. I, I want to uh, help more, help others su su succeed more, and uh, it's it's uh, it's exciting times for for, for me. Um, and then uh, you know, um, after that. After those successes, uh, and and we, we plan, my team and I, we, we plan to have a great team of folks that uh, that work in our organization. Uh, after we have some uh, some great wins together, I want to retire into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent, man. Uh, I'll, I'll get one last. You know, I feel like I ought to end on that note, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this last and final question. What sure. are you doing to uh, to mentor others now? Sure. I, actually, I, I uh, at work internally and externally. So uh, young uh, brothers and sisters, um, I, I'm actively, uh, my wife and I, uh, we actively engage a young professional that um, that needs some some guidance. You know, they come into a new job. Uh, they have that difficult boss. Uh, they're ambitious and they don't know uh, what path to take. We're, uh, you know, we're eating, you know, after work. I'm, I'm going to uh, eat dinner with those young professors. You know, in this COVID environment now, you know, <laughs> virtual now. But uh, yeah, you know, you know what, what I really like is, is it did this COVID environment? It didn't stop them. They're excited. They're so hungry. So hungry for, for knowledge and uh, you know to have the ability to to reach out and, and, and touch someone, uh, pay it forward. Yeah. You know, uh, each one reach one. You know, uh, it's, it's it's really a, a great feeling for me to, to to give back in that capacity and see folks you know come back and they're so excited. Hey, I got that promotion. 
you know, those steps you asked you you uh, you guided me to take they, they really worked and uh it's it's just a it's a happy feeling giving back you know it, it it's incredible and i'm a testament to that you are mentoring my uh my cousin and he uh recently you know informed me about his decision to go uh pursue his graduate degree and i know it's in part because of your urging and then really uh i know the advice that you gave him and he's really taken that to heart and he's making decisions based on that uh thank you uh for that uh and with that bruce johnson yeah it's incredible uh father husband uh just a, a great overall guy and a fantastic uh, uh business professional uh that's truly a community leader thanks for being on with us bruce hey thanks for giving me the opportunity and uh i look forward to uh to hearing uh, more from uh, the my brother podcast absolutely take care man take care Oh.